I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, and welcome to Paramore Thoughts Podcast. And as always, thank you for joining me. In this episode, we're going to be talking about shadow people. But just before we get into that though, just a few housekeeping type things. So if you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're a turn listener, uh, welcome back. If you enjoy this episode or any of our previous episodes, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast hosting site you enjoy, You know, whether it be SoundCloud, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. Spotify is a pretty big one for podcasting at the moment. Um, we also have a blog, which is paranormalthoughtspodcast.wordpress.com. There'll be a bunch of assets on that blog uh, for this episode, as all the other episodes as well. Uh, if you want to get in touch, you can email me at paranormalthoughtspodcast.gmail.com. Also, we are on Facebook and Instagram. Once again, just type in paranormalthoughtspodcast and we'll come up. All of this is in a link down the bottom. So you can literally click on that one link and this all of this opens up. Um, we have merch as well. Once again, go check it out. A big one as well for me, uh, I just recently started, was a PayPal donation option. So I had maybe one or two people get in touch saying they would like to donate to the podcast. And at the time, I didn't have anything kind of set up. So I said, no, I, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but n- like, not that I'm not interested. I just kind of didn't have anything set up. And I feel funny about taking people's money. Then the other day I went, you know what? If people want to donate, I'm not going to stop them from doing that. I completely get it. Some people, like myself, are very passionate about the particular podcast they listen to and they want to support in whatever way, whether that's buying a shirt or, you know, maybe giving a couple bucks here or there Um, because it does help. That money will go directly towards investing straight back into the podcast. None of that will go into my pocket whatsoever. So um, if you have already donated, Thank you so much. It means the world. And if you do want to donate, once again, go into the description of this podcast and there'll be a link within that um, Paranormal Thoughts link where you can go to PayPal and donate. On to the topic now of shadow people. Now, I think I've mentioned shadow people a couple times on the podcast, mostly uh, within interviews, as far as I can remember, um, just kind of getting people's opinions on them or if they've sort of just brought them up in conversation. Um and it's always been one of those things, I think probably for a lot of people, where you hear that term and you're not exactly sure what it's exactly referring to. Like, obviously, you understand that shadow people or shadow person, shadow man, what have you, 
Uh, you get the idea of that it's a dark, shadowy figure, most likely taking the form of a person, a lot of the time a male figure, but that's not also the case. I've read reports of people seeing almost just darkness, um, these sort of just blobs of shadow as well. But obviously from that term, that's kind of what you can see uh, in your mind to kind of get a bit of a an idea of what people are witnessing. But beyond that, what does that actually mean, right? So what are shadow people? What are their purpose? Why are people seeing them? Where do people see them? Uh, for how long do people see them? You know, it opens up a lot of different questions. Um, and I think my understanding, I still kind of stand by it, I suppose, because I haven't come across anything as of yet that's changed my mind about what they could be or what their purpose is, I suppose. Just to give you a backstory of how I view them, I see them as their own sort of entity, I suppose. It's not really a, it's not a, an exact sort of branch of anything else, from what I can tell anyway. Um, obviously, you could easily relate it to a spirit, some sort of ghostly apparition. But I think when you kind of look at them uh, and sort of deconstruct what they are there to do, I don't think that's kind of the case. First of all, they have quite a tendency to instill fear into people. People often will wake up in the middle of the night, see these things, and their automatic thing is to feel terrified. And I suppose if you're dealing with something like a spirit-type haunting, that's not necessarily what they're there to be doing. They, they often don't even know that they're technically there with you in a sense of kind of just coexisting. So whatever this thing is, these shadow people, uh, I think for a, a, quite a big part of their role is to actually scare people. And I'm assuming whatever they are, whatever type of energy they are, they feed off fear. But my understanding is that that is kind of what they are, is that they're, I suppose, a malevolent type entity that is there to frighten. Some people disagree with that. Um, some people think that, I suppose it depends on the situation, uh, of what the experiences you've had. Majority of people seem to have quite a negative experience and they don't enjoy themselves. Other people have said they've seen um, these shadow people and that they believe they're almost like a guide in a sense to kind of watch over them while they're sleeping, that they're protecting them, which could could be the case for those people. But for the majority of the time, people are, are seeing these things and being pretty terrified. So my understanding is that they're not really here to do any good, but it, they could potentially be. It just doesn't translate in that sense, you know. We're pretty basic creatures, you know. We, If, say, you've woken up in the middle of the night and you've seen the shadow figure in your room, automatically our instincts tell us to act, right? I suppose in that moment we might be scared, but we probably want to react to that and get ourselves into a, a position in that situation where we're going to be able to defend ourselves, to be safe, whoever that's actually to fight or to get the hell out of there, sort of depending on that. But that is pretty much our initial reaction, especially if you've just woken up, you're pretty confused and you kind of just, you don't really want to be fucking around with uh, shadowy figures uh, at that time at all. So that's kind of my understanding of it. But as I said, a lot of people have a few different understandings uh, within that as well. But I thought I would read just a couple um, of experiences from people. They all start to become the same. There's a few, uh, I must say, I've heard um, even in other podcasts or in interviews um, that 
you know, maybe a listener to that uh, podcast or what have you has had a pretty um, unique experience. Like there was uh, a woman who she was asleep and she, in her dream, she was in the room that she was sleeping in. I believe it was a lounge room. And this shadow figure approached her in the dream and started to strangle her. And her boyfriend was in the room as well. And he noticed that she was choking. So he woke her up, um, which actually was quite difficult apparently and was kind of like, what the hell's going on? You know, you're, you're not breathing. She's like, well, shit, like I was just having this dream uh, of this thing and it was strangling me. And then not long after that, the same thing happened, but in reverse. So the boyfriend had the dream. He was being strangled. Girlfriend noticed, woke him up. So that's an interesting case because both of them have had the same experience uh, and they have actually experienced choking. And I'm not sure... I'm not sure what the sort of percentages of people who have something happening to them in a dream, then they can actually start to have that sensation in reality. You know, like if they're underwater, they can't breathe. So, you know, you would be choking or someone actually strangling you. I'm not actually sure how exactly that works, but I think that's not really the interesting thing for me that they've witnessed something in their dream and it's happening to them in reality. I think it's that they've both shared the same dream in the same room uh, around that same sort of time. That's the thing that's interesting to me, I think. Um, but, you know, there's heaps of cases too of people sharing dreams. I have a friend who recently opened up to me and told me about he has a particular friend and they can both share dreams or, you know, they, they both see the same people uh, in their dreams and they can kind of make some sort of connection. I find that really fascinating. And that's, that's a whole other thing that I actually want to probably need to actually explore a bit more into because the fact that we can do that on a subconscious level while we're asleep is, you know, how the universe kind of works and how we sort of fit within it is pretty outstanding. We can actually start to think about how it's all interconnected. So um, some reports. Um, these are all from the same website. So this is from the official Shadow People archives, and I'll put a link in the description of the podcast to this site, and it will also be on the blog as well, and I'll try to link the exact stories I'm going to be reading from. So I'll start with a recent one. I believe this was in 2000, and okay, this actually was this year, uh, or there's at least been, oh, actually no, this has been updated this year, but I can't actually see any stories from this year. So the most recent um, story I can find is from 2017. So we'll start there. So this story comes from Anne and she writes, I've been experiencing shadow people for years now, but I, along with everyone I told, thought I was just imagining it. However, after doing research and discovering this particular page, I realized that it's actually been happening. I'd like to share my first encounter. This was about six years ago. At the time, I was living in a two bedroom apartment with a close friend. It was a fairly simple layout. One night, I woke up and went into the kitchen to grab a glass of water. I made it there without a hitch, but on my way back to my room, a figure was in the living room that caught my eye. For a second, I thought it was my friend, and then I realised it definitely was not her. It was over six feet tall with long legs that faded where its feet should have been. Only features I could make out were two red eyes. It was blacker than the unlit living room, and its hands were claws at its side. I was frozen, mostly with fear, but I also felt like I was being held there by this being. One of its hands started to reach out for me, and that's when I finally broke free from its glare. Just like that, it was gone. I stood shocked before going back to bed. I woke up thinking it was all just a terrifying dream, but then it happened again, and again, and again. It's not frequently occurring that I see a shadow person, but I almost always feel something. Fairly interesting story there. Um, For one, she claims to be awake, 
And a big thing with shadow people occurrences, which I'll get into as well, um, sort of towards the end of the podcast where I give some more of my thoughts, a lot of people who usually experience um, these entities are in their bed and they've just woken up. So they're sort of in that moment of actually opening your eyes and I suppose waking up and processing um, what is actually going on in your room or to you at that sort of time. Um, what Anne claims is that she was awake. She had already got gotten up, walked into the kitchen, and she's actually on her return journey back from the kitchen. So she's pretty well aware of her surroundings, you would assume, right? She's been awake for a little bit of time and she's definitely gotten some movement into her body. Because uh, it's obviously, you know, I'm sure we all have done it where we've gotten up in the middle of the night uh, and you can pretty well be pretty well asleep. Um, but if you walked a fair way, gotten yourself a glass of water and come back, your brain would be processing quite a bit. You're definitely not in a weird sort of sleep um, type pro- um, sort of state, I would say. You're pretty well aware of what's going on. The being, I suppose she explained, had red eyes, which is quite common, I'd say. Um, that would be the biggest sort of characteristic that comes up quite a fair bit. People will often say they see just the shadowy figure without any real features that are quite obvious per se. But one thing they will say will be whether or not they have red eyes or some sort of coloured eyes. I've also heard of sort of more of like an amber coloured eye as well. But that's an interesting point as well of these red eyes um, staring at you because that obviously, the colour red, um, not the happiest of colours in a lot of ways. So that would definitely add a very frightening layer, I would say, to the whole situation. But it was interesting as well, the height, quite tall, six foot. The bottom half kind of, you know, became a bit of a blur where the feet were supposed to be, kind of just fizzled out, I guess you could say. I don't know. I can picture it in my mind what she's kind of trying to say, um, that it's not a exact outline of a person. You could say it's 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 off. Uh, and also the hands being claws is also pretty terrifying. Um, that I could imagine seeing something like that and going, yeah, this thing is not human. This is not someone who's broken into my apartment. This is um, something otherworldly. So that story from Anne is a really interesting one, uh, in my opinion, because it is, she's, it's, for one, it's pretty fucking terrifying. Um, put yourself in that situation. And also the fact that she was, uh, or claims to be awake at that time. Ah, I just found some from 2019. Well, that might be good. Let's find the most recent. So this one is from this year, 2019, uh, and it comes from Shannon. Ten years ago, I was in the hospital. I'd been in the same room for about three days with the same roommate. The day she was let go, I was left alone in the room, and I was not worried at all. In the middle of the night, I woke up and rolled over on my side and saw the figure of a man standing in the corner. The room was dark, except for the windows, which the shades were open. I could see clear across the windows until I got to the huge, hulking-looking man that was just black. I couldn't make out any details of the person, couldn't see the eyes or anything. I just laid there staring at it. I didn't move or anything, just stood there. I immediately started screaming and ran out of the room. I wouldn't go back in after that. They had me sleep behind the nurse's desk because of how freaked out I was. That was interesting, uh, the fact that she was that freaked out that she couldn't actually go back into the room. She actually slept behind the nurse's desk. So once again, another pretty, pretty interesting account, I would say, so I want to read one now that goes along the lines of what I think could be sleep paralysis. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Now, if you don't know what sleep paralysis is, it's the... It's the phenomenon that happens when someone is asleep in bed and they wake up, but they don't have any movement of their body. They feel like they're paralyzed. And it's pretty much the process of your brain is still kind of switching on, waking up. Um, When you go into REM sleep, your body pretty much does paralyze itself um, because in in that time of dreaming, you're kind of a bit of a danger to yourself. If you know, if someone starts attacking you in your dream, you start lashing out. You could actually injure yourself. You know, fall out of the bed. Maybe even hurt the person next to you. Um, so your body kind of does paralyze itself just for you not to cause any harm. Now, obviously, when you wake up, you gain full control over your body again, right? But there's sort of this time between waking up for some people, uh, waking up and becoming, I guess, fully. I guess there's this period for some people where the process of them waking up and gaining full control of their body doesn't quite line up. They'll actually be able to open their eyes first. Uh, And some people can't even open their eyes uh, at that time, but I suppose they get their eyes open and they're being completely, um, almost feel like they're being held down to the bed. And in this time, for whatever reason, people then claim to see things in the room with them. This has been chalked up to, you know, ghosts, shadow people, alien abduction, a lot of different things, uh, a lot of different fears that people have um, most likely experience during this time of sleep paralysis. Now, a lot, I mean a lot, but probably 90% of these cases, maybe even a bit more, um, I probably shouldn't be throwing statistics out because I'm terrible at math, but I would say majority of these cases could 
be, it could pretty much come down to sleep paralysis. Majority of these cases, people are asleep in their bed, they wake up, they can't move and they see a shadow uh, or a shadow person rather. So that's not to say that everyone has sleep paralysis because as we just heard there, um, that first account, Anne was definitely awake from what she can remember. She might have been dreaming. That's always a possibility. But let's say that she's not dreaming. She was awake. So whatever she saw uh, appeared to her while she was awake, okay? So a lot of people have, I suppose, the exact experience of sleep paralysis. So I think a lot of these cases can come down to that. And that is a... And that is something that has been studied, not a ton, but um, it has been looked into. I think it's, what did I look up? It's four in every sort of 10 people that will experience sleep paralysis at some point in their life. And obviously some people have it every now and again. I mean, a lot of people experience it almost every night or even multiple times a night, which would be pretty shit because it's not ideal. Um, Like it's bad enough just waking up a few times in the night, right? And tossing and turning, like could you imagine suddenly not feeling like you have any control of your body and there's some something you fear in the room as well. So this is from JL and this is from 2002. One night I woke up paralysed. I looked towards the window, my eyes being the only thing that could move. Sitting on the window was a dark shape of a man who was watching me. Inside my head I could hear a faint voice saying, come with me. I could slowly feel myself dying or what I thought the experience of dying was. My breathing stopped. I could feel my heartbeat slower and slower. I was terrified, and with every ounce of energy, I forced my body to sit up. The moment I sat up in the bed, the apparition disappeared. I was completely drained physically. I noticed that the time on the clock was 3.15am. This occurred a couple more nights during that month. The last time, I almost gave up the urge to follow him. The death sensation was scary at first, but it was exciting at the same time, kind of like the first hill on a roller coaster. It had been a couple of years since the first meeting, and it had been moving from place to place, hoping to avoid contact with the being. It always seems to find me within a few months, no matter where I go. Sometimes I want to be left alone, but this being and the other things that haunt me are always around. They don't understand how tired I can get at times. So pretty common experience, I suppose, there of sleep paralysis. Um, a quite extreme case, I suppose, if you're gonna if you're gonna say that this is sleep paralysis, it's a very extreme case because Whoever this person is claims that they feel like they're dying, like the complete life is being sucked out of them. Um, And I know for a fact I've definitely had dreams where you wake up and you actually just feel shagged, right? Like you're just exhausted. And you're like, I feel like I didn't sleep at all then. Whatever I was doing in my dream, that took so much out of me. And it's the worst feeling. And obviously this person is experiencing something along those sort of lines. Or, of course, it could be whatever these shadowy figures are uh, and whatever they're purposes. But to me, that does sound like sleep paralysis. And I'm pretty skeptical as I have to be, you know, um, there's been times where I just believe everything. But uh, for that, for those cases, I'd have to maybe more so lean towards something like sleep paralysis rather than a being actually um, potentially coming into your room and terrifying you for whatever reason, you know, but it could be happening as well. But uh, as I said, more probably likely to be sleep paralysis, but who knows? I haven't experienced anything quite like this. I work early mornings uh, and back in the day when I was doing I was doing some work experience. So I feel like I might have woken up at around maybe like 3.30 in the morning or so um, to go into where I was doing the work experience. The room was lit by something. I can't remember if it was my phone alarm going off or my laptop um, might have been on um, beside me in the room. Either way, 
there was something that was giving off like a fair bit of light, but obviously it was only very bright, I suppose, in that very short throw sort of location. So if it's my laptop, it's directly next to me and just sort of throwing a bit of light off into, you know, the abyss of the room. And I remember waking up and feeling like there was something in the room with me. And in the moment that I like opened my eyes, I felt like I saw anyway to the ceiling. So, you know, maybe like seven feet or whatever tall, kind of just this, just this dark shadow, um, quite large, but that's, that's all I can really say. Um, didn't have anything else to it, but that, then I feel like I closed my eyes and opened my eyes to sort of readjust. And then there was nothing there, but I think it was more the thing that I feel like from my memory is I felt something in the room before I'd even opened my eyes. Um, but obviously I would still lean more towards that as waking up your eyes are adjusting to things. But I do remember getting uh, into work that day and just being like, oh, I feel like, I don't know, I really feel like I saw something this morning and then, you know, whoever I was talking to, it's kind of like, oh, that's pretty freaky. Then we kind of started talking about like astral projection and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I think in that moment, I felt like there was something there. But looking back now, um, yeah, I'm not sure. But that's probably the closest thing I've ever had and I feel like that's only ever happened once, you know. I feel like I've woken up and seen things in the room then I've realised, oh, it's whatever, you know, it's it's uh, the bedside tables, <laughs> you know, just something where in that moment you think, shit, is that fucking someone in the house? But then you realise, oh, no, it's, it's, it's nothing. I think it's interesting because you start to really look into what are these things and no one can really tell you. Everyone has a kind of ideas, but we don't know enough, right? I feel like with a lot of other topics, we've kind of put together enough, even by just speculating uh, and a lot of there's probably a lot of universal understanding in a lot of paranormal topics, right? Or at least the general population could say a ghost is someone who's dead. An alien is a being from another universe or planet or what have you. You know, there's this very clear universal kind of understanding. Shadow shadow people, well, they're shadows, but that's kind of it. Are they are they people? I don't think they are, but they could be someone who's passed who was once living. I don't think they're people who are living from this dimension anyway, from our sort of plane of existence. For all we know, they are from somewhere else and they come into our world and that's how they sort of witness what's going on, you know. Maybe they are a full person, but the way they travel is, you know, just their shadow. And I think it's interesting too that we see shadows uh, and because I, I guess we cast shadows, you know, shadows are always around us, right? And it's it's an interesting dynamic when we're waking up in the middle of the night and being terrified by the shadows. You know, we're scared of the dark. Naturally, we don't know what's in the dark. So that's why majority of us fear it, right? Because we don't know what's in it. But I think there's this interesting concept of the thing that we cast, these shadows, these apparitions, are the things that really can actually do quite a bit of harm to us physically, I suppose, because people are claiming they can't breathe and also um, uh, also there's quite a bit of psychological trauma as well that seems to come along with this um, with these experiences. I think it's really hard to come to a conclusion because, as I said, shadows are everywhere, right? It's so easy. I remember when I was living at my parents' house, I would sit in the lounge room, watch TV, and um, I could see kind of in a diagonal line the kitchen and I could just see the dishwasher. And the dishwasher was, a, I don't know, I suppose like a regular dishwasher kind of colour, so it's like a like a silver, dark sort of silver or whatever. Very reflective um, when something walks in front of it, but obviously 
reflective, but the image is very distorted. Like, I don't think you could look into something like that. Like, you can't really look into like a white goods type um, stainless steel. That would be the that would be the correct term. Stainless steel. I don't think you could look into like a stainless steel dishwasher or what have you and see your reflection without it being like upside down and all bizarre, right? It just doesn't work. It's not that. It's a reflective surface, but it's not like a pure representation of what you're actually seeing within it. And I would look, um, I'd be watching TV and I had this from multiple people living in that house. Um, you'd see like things darting across the kitchen uh, in front of the dishwasher. Um, I just remember that, but I think it's so easy for things to be caught out in your peripheral vision or just kind of off to the side, even not even having to be that far back. And it's so easy to see things and kind of just be like, what was that? You know, but I think it's it's just probably more so your eyes focusing on things and, you know, your brain trying to make sense of things like that. But it's so easy to start, you know, I guess freaking out and going like, what actually is that? There's also this thing called peripheral drift illusion. And it's the idea that two images that are the same but have a different pattern with uh, light and dark shades can cause the images to appear to be moving. And I think that's an interesting thing too because the way depending on the way something is lit, it could actually appear to be moving um, in your peripheral vision when it's actually not or the way you look at it in such a way can actually cause it to start to move. So when you start to look at it like that, there isn't a ton of hard, solid evidence to be like, yeah, shadow people are things that are visiting us because it's so easy to misidentify, right? Even like with UFOs, it's so easy to misidentify something because you see a light in the sky. I've seen heaps of lights in the sky. I've even seen like storms that have been out at sea and I've gone, what the fuck is that? The world's ending. Like, this is it. Um, And you actually like spend a minute, you take a minute, you go, oh, hold on. That's just a storm over the ocean or what have you. But things that you haven't seen before or, you know, things that you see in a very short glimpse um, of time, it's so easy to start to buy into what you might want it to be or, you know, just the scariest thing that it kind of could be. Uh, And I'm not here to say that I don't think um, there is any weight to these cases because believe me, I'm the first to really listen to people and believe what they have to say. Uh, I definitely think sleep paralysis is a big factor of what is going on for sure, hands down. But there is also those few cases and like do your own reading because there's fucking thousands of these. I've still kind of back to where I was originally with it. Like, I feel like I haven't learned anymore. Uh, yeah, because even, as I said, that first woman seeing it had claws and red eyes compared to other people who just see a man. Like, why are people seeing different things? But it's like anything. Why do we all experience different? And I think it does have to do with your outlook a lot of the time too, what you're sort of projecting out into the world and your fears as well and things sort of along those lines. But it's definitely an interesting it's an interesting subject and I love for you guys, if you've ever had any sort of shadow person, shadow people type experiences, send them in to me because I'd love to, you know, kind of gather my own little database of this stuff, you know, rather than chasing down other people's um, accounts. I feel like surely out of everyone who listens, there'd be a couple of you who've had these experiences. So if you have had one, don't think, oh, someone else will do it. I, I won't bother. Please do. Even if it sounds like it's sleep paralysis, if you've seen a shadow type figure in your life, let me know. Uh, and you can obviously email me at paranormalthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you jump on the blog, you can also message me there. Also, send me a message on Facebook or Instagram. The fastest way uh, is probably through Instagram these days because I'm on it a fair bit. Anyway, 
uh, just to sort of wrap it up. Uh, also, guys, I'm very curious to know what you guys think. You might have your own um, experiences, as I said, and you might have made sort of your own conclusions um, about what could be going on. I'm very interested to hear it because I feel like I've kind of just gone around in a bit of a circle with it up until this point. Um, so if you have some interesting insight, I'd love to hear it. And that's what it's all kind of about here on Paranormal Thoughts is us kind of being somewhat of a community where we can sort of share ideas and everything like that. So I'm going to leave it there, guys. But hopefully this sort of opened your eyes. If you weren't sure what shadow people were, hopefully this gave you a bit of an idea. If you know what they are and you experienced it, hopefully um, it's just kind of interesting to hear um, my thoughts on it and where I kind of sit with it. Uh, and no disrespect to anyone. Um, you know, I'm just here to sort of figure out what is going on, just like anyone else. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, please let me know. Uh, I love all your feedback. It's always very um, crucial into me, you know, planning these episodes and giving you guys content that you want. So thank you so much, guys. I look forward to seeing you in another podcast real soon. Thanks. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.